I believe so. However, he regrets your absence extremely. He says you were the son of Rome, and that without you, all appears dark and cloudy. I do not know if he does not even go so far as to say that it rains. His opinion of me is altered for the better, then. No, he still persists in looking upon you as the most incomprehensible and of mysterious of beings. <clears throat> he is a charming man, said Monte Cristo. I felt a very lively interest in him the very first evening of my introduction. When I met him in search of a supper and prevailed upon him to accept a portion of mine, he is, I think, a son of General Depinay. He is the same who was shame, so shamefully assassinated in 1815 by the Bonapartists. Yes, really, I like him extremely. There is also not a matrimonial engagement contemplated for him. Oh, yes, he is to marry Mademoiselle de Villefort. <coughs> oh, indeed. And you know I am to marry Mademoiselle Danglars, said Albert, laughing. You smile. Yes. Why do you do so? I smile because there appears to be about as much inclination for the consummation of the engagement in question as there is for my own. But really, my dear Count, we are talking as much of women as they do of us. It is, it is unpardonable. Albert Rose, are you going? Really, that is a good idea. In two hours I have been boring you to death by my, with my company, and then you, with the greatest politeness, ask me if I'm going. Indeed, Count, you are the most polished man in the world. And your servants, too. How very well they beh behave they are. There is quite a style about them. Monsieur Baptistine especially. I could never get such a man as that. My servants seem to imitate those you sometimes see in a play, who, because they only ha they have only a word or two to say, acquit themselves in the most awkward manner possible. Therefore, if you part with Monsieur Baptistine, give me the refusal of him, by all means. That is not all. Give my compliments to your illustrious Lucaness. Cavalcante of the Cavalcanti, and if by chance he should be wishing to establish his son, find him a wife very rich, very noble on her mother's side at least, and a baroness in the right of her father. I will happily help you in the search. Ah, uh -huh. you will do as much as that, will you? Yes. Well, really, nothing is certain in this world. Oh, Count, what a service you might render me. I should like you a hundred times better if, by your intervention, I could manage to remain a bachelor, even if it were only for ten years. Nothing is impossible, gravely replied Monte Cristo. And taking leave of Albert, he returned into the house and struck the gong three times. Bertuccio appeared. Monsieur Bertuccio, you understand that I intend entertaining company on Saturday at Ortiel. 
Berticchio sli- sli- slightly started. I shall require your services to see that all the pro- all be properly arranged. It is a beautiful house, or at all events may be made so. There must be a good deal done before it can deserve this title, Your Excellency, for the tapestried hangings are very old. Let them be taken away and changed then, with the exception of the sleeping chamber, which is hung with red damask. You will leave that exactly as it is. Bertuccio bowed. You will not touch the garden either. As to the yard, you may do with it what you, you may do what you please with it. I should prefer that being altered beyond recognition. I will do everything in my power to carry out your wishes, Your Excellency. I should be glad, however, to receive Your Excellency's commands concerning the dinner. Really, my dear Petruccio, said the Count, since you have been in Paris, you have become quite nervous and apparently out of your element. You no no longer seem to understand me. But surely Your Excellency would be so good as to inform me whom you are expecting to receive. I do not yet know myself. Neither is it necessary that you should do so. Lucillus dines with Lucillus. That is quite sufficient. Petuccio bowed and left the room. Both the Count and Baptistine had told the truth when they announced to Morcerf the proposed visit of the Major, which had served Monte Cristo as a pretext for declining Albert's invitation. Seven o'clock had just struck when Monsieur Bertuccio, according to the command which had been given to him, had two hours before he left for Ortil, when a cab stopped at the door after depositing its occupants at the gate and immediately hurried away, as if ashamed of its employment. The visitor was about 52 years of age, dressed in one of the green surtouts, ornamented with black frogs. which have so long maintained their popularity all over Europe. He wore trousers of blue cloth and boots tolerably clean, but not the brightest polish, and a little too thick in the soles, buckskin gloves, a hat somewhat resembling the shape of those usually worn by the gendarmes, and a black cravat striped with white. which, if the proprietor had not worn it of his own free will, might have passed for a halter. So much did it resemble one. Such was the picturesque costume of the person who rang at the gate and demanded if it was not number 30, Avenue Champs-Élysées that the Count of Monte Cristo lived, 
<coughs> and who, being answered by the porter in the affirmative, entered, closed the gate after him, and began to ascend the steps. The small angular head of this man, his white hair, his grey thick moustache, caused him to be easily recognised by Baptistin, who had received an exact description of the expected visitor, and who was awaiting him in the hall. Therefore, scarcely had the stranger time to pronounce his name, before the Count was apprised of his arrival. He was ushered into a simple, elegant drawing-room, and the Count rose to meet him with a smiling air. Ah, my dear sir, you are most welcome. I was expecting you. Indeed, said the Italian. Was your Excellency aware of my visit? Yes, I had been told that I should see you today at seven o'clock. Then you have received the full information concerning my arrival. Of course. Ah, so much the better. I feared this little precaution might have been forgotten. What precaution? That of informing you beforehand of my coming. No, it is not. But you are sure you are not mistaken. Very sure. It really was I whom Your Excellency expected at seven o'clock this evening. All right. Uh, go to sleep.